Line Podcast. This is the Bottom Line Podcast presented by Anchor.fm, your home for sports and entertainment talk. Jimmy Fadizzi, Neilville Piano with you. We hope you're doing well as always. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to take a listen. We truly appreciate it. You already know what it is. Hit us up on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bottom Line WMCX. Don't forget to use hashtag Bottom Line. And also follow this guy on Twitter right here at the NVP show on Instagram at NVPQB11. Neil. How's everything going with you, my man? It's been a while. It certainly has been a while. Uh, I'm I'm tan, rested, and ready to go. Um, you know, <laughs> I've obviously been staying busy with things of my own end, and you know, getting ready for what should be a very interesting fall um, winter time frame for myself, and especially as you as well. And uh, yeah, no, I'm just I'm looking forward to a lot of things, a lot of a lot of excitement around the world of sports going on, and uh, I'm I'm just excited that I get to be a part of it. Oh, hell yeah. I'm, I'm 100% with you there. As NFL season is just around the corner, only a few weeks away. Can you believe it already? It's amazing how fast time has gone. But before we get started, a couple of quick notes here. Um, Austin Myers, a.k.a. Mr. Taco, was not able to join us for this episode. He has some stuff going on. But don't worry, he will be joining us in the next episode. But we do want to shout him out as well as it was his birthday this past weekend. So happy birthday to our guy, Austin Myers. So again, happy birthday. We hope it was awesome. And uh, be sure you follow him on social media as well on Instagram at Mr. Taco underscore designs and also at the Mr. Taco BLP on all social media as well. And also another quick thing before we get started, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube and hit the notification bell so you don't miss an episode and subscribe on all audio platforms. Include Jimmy when searching for this podcast all right let's get into some football talk shall we today we are going to be discussing which team and which overall player have the most pressure going in for them this upcoming season we're going to start with a team first because there is one particular player that i have on my radar we'll get to that in a little bit but the team that i personally think has the most pressure on them and this might come as a surprise to A few people out there, maybe not some, but maybe a few people. It's the Green Bay Packers. And the reason why I said the Green Bay Packers is because of all the drama that's been going on with them behind the scenes, primarily involving their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. And Neil and I did an episode on Aaron Rodgers before. And if you haven't seen it, go check it out. The link is in the description section of this episode. But the reason why I said the Green Bay Packers is because of the drama that's going on with Aaron Rodgers, like I said, because... You've had all this time with him dealing with he doesn't want to play for the Packers ever again. He He still doesn't. No, he still doesn't. Exactly. He doesn't. He's not playing for the Green Bay Packers. He's playing for he's playing for his teammates. I mean, he's playing for himself. Yeah, that 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 pretty much sums it up. He's only back for at least this year. And then after that, he's out. He ain't coming back there anymore. Sorry, unless some miracle happens which i doubt at this point because he actually absolutely despises that organization he loves his teammates and his coach but yeah the rest of the organization no no way sorry but anyway i digress so you have that drama going on basically saying he doesn't want to play for there again he's felt disrespected for pretty much the majority of his career and quite frankly i don't blame him because he has barely gotten any help 
despite that one Super Bowl that he won with the Packers, but then, but that's another story. But here's why the pressure is on the Packers. Now that you have Aaron Rodgers back, at least for this season, and now that you've gotten him at least some help, if you don't at least go to the Super Bowl, let alone win it this year, and I said this, Neil can vouch for me. I said this in the episode with Aaron Rodgers, and I'm going to say it again right here. If the Green Bay Packers do not at least go to the Super Bowl or win it this year, how bad is it going to look for that organization now that they have one of the greatest quarterbacks talent-wise ever at the position? If you don't do something with him this year, Neil, they're going to have egg on their face this year. So bottom line, simply for me, put the team with the most pressure on them is the Green Bay Packers. And that's that's the bottom line. No question for me. Yeah, I mean, you look at the you look at the Packers, and obviously the main the main thing this offseason was what was going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. And really it came down to two options. It was either he wasn't going to play for Green Bay this year, or he was. And he ended up deciding that he was going to play this year. He reworked his contract where he could be an unrestricted free agent after the 2021. 22 season and basically since the time he got to camp he's been asking well not really asking he's basically been demanding that the Packers make several moves and you saw with the acquisition a couple weeks ago of of acquiring Randall Cobb now we're hearing that they want to bring back uh, Clay Matthews and I mean basically it sounds like they're trying to get some of the band back together that they've they've had for several years Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say that there's a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers because I think Aaron Rodgers basically is playing with house money because I don't think there's any question that he's going to come out and play very well that's just who he is it's more of a pressure on Matt LaFleur it's a pressure on the entire Packers organization and the rest of the team quite frankly they have to find a way to get it done they have to get better defensively and also just the fact that they have to get their offensive line to be healthy. I think that was something that was definitely a factor when David Bakhtiari was not playing on the left side and Jason Pierre-Paul was absolutely dominating the left side of the offensive line in the NFC Championship game. So when you look at this, when you look at that Green Bay Packers team, there is Super Bowl expectations. This is not a team that is looking at it like, oh, well, we need to at least get to the NFC Championship game. No, you have to at least... Basically, you have to at least win the Super Bowl. There is no, there is no, you know, worst, you know, best case scenario where they don't win the Super Bowl. I mean, they have to because there's just too much. And Aaron Rodgers is too far into his career where he has to sit around and wait another year where he goes out and he performs at an MVP like level, but the rest of the team does not follow suit. And so there's a lot of pressure over there in Green Bay, you know, being the smallest you know, smallest franchise of any of the teams that we have in the National Football League. But there is a lot of pressure. And honestly, I don't think it matters necessarily that much whether the Packers win the Super Bowl or not to figure out what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. I think most likely he will be gone after this year. I can't really see him uh, coming back, even if he wins the Super Bowl. Right. I I think that there have been too many bridges that have been burned. And even though, yes, the Packers are sort of listening to Aaron Rodgers and making moves that he wants them to make – I, I just don't think there really it, it, it is a whole matter. lot. It still doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter at all. And honestly, I think Aaron Rodgers is just, just going to go out there once again and prove why he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL even now. And if he goes out and wins another Super Bowl in Green Bay, that would be pretty much a nice way. I, I think a lot of Packers fans would be okay with seeing him leave if he let if he ended up winning them another title before yep. he hung them up. Um, but as far as, you know, 
pressure wise, yeah, it does make sense that the Packers are probably one of the teams that has the most pressure uh, to win going into the season, without a doubt. Yeah, and and two other quick points I want to make here. The other point is that the reason why it's going to look bad for the Green Bay Packers if they don't win it this year is simply because of this. If Aaron Rodgers decides to go, so, well, well, that's if that's not a big if. It's when Aaron Rodgers decides to go somewhere else. Let's say I don't know for hyperbole's sake. Let's say he goes to the Denver Broncos because, quite frankly, they need quarterback help bad because Drew Locke, let's face it, is a terrible quarterback. But anyway, so if Aaron Rodgers decides to go to Denver and if he wins a Super Bowl there, then how are they going to look? Green Bay is going to look worse, worse, because Aaron Rodgers will have at least decent weapons in Denver. Granted, he, he has weapons now with the Packers, but he will have more help with Denver than he did the entirety of his career. And if he yeah. wins a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos next year, again, hyperbole speaking, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but let's just say it does happen. It's going to look a lot worse for the Packers if that happens. And I'm glad you brought up Matt LaFleur, Neil, because I wanted to bring this up. There is pressure on him. There is. Because if he doesn't make that boneheaded move not to give Aaron Rodgers the ball and stop Tom Brady, then I think the Green Bay Packers do have a much better chance at least going to the Super Bowl. Granted, I think Tampa Bay would have won the game anyway, but even still, I think the Packers would have had a better chance of going to the Super Bowl if Matt LaFleur does not do what he did in the NFC Championship game last year. So there definitely is a lot of pressure on Matt LaFleur. Yeah, I mean, Matt LaFleur obviously has, you know, from a record standpoint, he's done a pretty bang-up job in his first two years as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Back-to-back years, he's taken them to the NFC Championship game. Yep. Uh, two years ago, I think that they just were not as good as uh, San Francisco was. I think, quite frankly, they were just beaten by a better team. Last year, there really wasn't much excuse at all. I mean, they should have – they they definitely should have won that game. Um, I don't think there's any question about it. I think the Tempe Bucks knew that they got out of there and they were lucky to get out of there. And as a result, they were able to go on and win the Super Bowl because of that mistake. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh – the, the Bucks were given the Super Bowl um, and or like, oh, the Packers, they didn't uh, they, they lost the game and the Bucks didn't win it. But I mean, you do have to put into a good perspective that basically uh, the Packers were at home. They, they were right in that game and they had a chance to, you know, put themselves in position to win the game, even even despite, you know, their defense making some mistakes, particularly in the secondary. Um, was that the only reason that the Packers lost that game? Not really. I mean, they shouldn't have given up a touchdown right at the end of the first half. Mm. Uh, that was unacceptable, but at the same time, that's the point that play, you know, the decision to not go for it, um, is definitely the thing that we talk about the most from that point on. And I think that, I don't think that Aaron Rodgers dislikes Matt LaFleur. I think Matt LaFleur has actually done better offensively with Aaron Rodgers than, uh, Mike McCarthy did. I mean, there I is a reason that. why Mike McCarthy is no longer in Green Bay and why he has struggled. Granted, it was only his first year, but struggled uh, coaching the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and Aaron Rodgers obviously winning an MVP. Um, do I think Matt LaFleur is a good coach? I think he's a solid offensive coach. Right. Do I think he's a, a good head coach in general? I would like to see him coach without Aaron Rodgers. Like, mm-hmm. I would like to see what he would do with Jordan Love and, you know, his team. I would like to see that because then I think we would really be able to define whether or not he's a good coach or not. 
just like now we're seeing we're kind of starting to be able to evaluate more how good of a coach Bill Belichick is and how much did it have to do with Tom Brady um granted again it's only one year but you know obviously going into year two and you know probably for another couple seasons we'll be able to figure out whether or not it was really Tom Brady or Bill Belichick um and so far Tom Brady's winning that debate considering what he did last year but the bottom line is simply that uh the Green Bay Packers Everybody other than really Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, has a lot to prove. Because even if Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a solid year, to me, I, I just can't put my, a lot of blame on it because the offensive line is solid. They do need help on the outside. They, you know, they do have Devontae Adams. Thank God they were able to keep him, and they may be able to convince him to sign an extension there. But again, they have to go out and they have to run the table in their division. They have to run the table in the playoffs. They have to win the Super Bowl. I don't think there's any. Anything less than that, you know, even losing in the Super Bowl is unacceptable. Yeah, no, that's uh, I, I can't argue that that those are those are fair points. And I, I'm 100 percent with you. But bottom line, <laughs> line there's, there's a lot of pressure on everybody except for Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has ever had a quote unquote bad season in his career. So that just goes to show you how talented this man has been his entire career he's one of the best to ever do it no question about it so Aaron Rodgers no pressure on you you go do what you do you're probably going to compete for another MVP caliber season who the heck knows but it's more likely that he will but for the rest of the Packers oh boy you got some pressure on you guys and you gotta act fast what are you gonna do are you going to get more help for Aaron Rodgers? Are you actually going to, well, granted, you are listening to him, but are you going to continue to listen to him? Because bottom line is he's gone at the end of the year, regardless if you win the Super Bowl or not. So what are you going to do about it? That's the bottom line with the Green Bay Packers. Neil and I do agree. They are the team with the most pressure on them heading into this upcoming NFL season. So now let us move. Well, to- hold on. Oh, I would go like ahead. to oh, make, I thought it was my turn. Oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. not I'm saying sorry. Go, I, ahead, go ahead. Well, I'm, Look, do I think that the Packers are a team that has a lot of pressure? Yeah. Do I think that they're the team with the most pressure? You can make an argument. But I I wanted to point out that I think that there's an entire division in the NFL that is under the most pressure, and that is the NFC East. Because Mm. you look at the NFC East last year, let's just call it like it is. It was dog shit. Excuse my language, but it was dog shit. I mean, from start to finish, it was awful. I mean, the team that won the division won with a 7-9 and record and had to win it on the last game of the season and would have lost the division had another team decided not to bench their rookie quarterback. And you look at the way it goes. Let's just start off with this. I'm going to start off right away. The Eagles are going to suck. That's just plain oh, and yeah. simple. The oh, Eagles yeah. are the worst team in this division by a lot. So what you're looking at is you're looking at a division that is going to be competed by three teams, the Washington football team, the Dallas Cowboys, and the New York Giants. And I think when you look at those three teams, they all have a considerable amount of pressure under them to get going. Let's yep. start with the Washington football team. They went on a magical run last year. And the main reason that they won the division, other than the fact that it's a piece of garbage, is the fact that their defense was one of the top three best defenses in all of the NFL. Drafting Chase Young was a franchise-defining move for Mm. Washington. That put them into the stratosphere when it came to dominance on defense. And their defense is going to be better. You look at some of the guys that they have. I mean, they have Montez Sweat and Payne as well on that defensive line, and that is going to be something that's very, very interesting. But there's one guy that stands out to me that I'm very interested. That's Kyle Fuller. Kyle Mm. Fuller came in, obviously, from, I think he was with the Kansas City Chiefs last year. 
Um, He's a veteran guy. He's somebody that's going to be able to be really key when it comes to the cornerback position. And there is a handful of very fast and sometimes very physical wide receivers in the NFC East. So I think that's something to keep in mind. And Ron Rivera is a very, very big defensive type coach. You know, Riverboat Ron, that's who he is. He is a guy that's also going to take some chances. You're going to see that. And who is the most perfect quarterback to have when you want to take chances? It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. There is no question about it. Losing Alex Smith, well, they didn't really lose him. They just chose not to keep him for, you know, reasons. Um, They ended up, quote-unquote, upgrading their their quarterback position by bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick. And look, Ryan Fitzpatrick can be good for about five, six, maybe if you're pushing it seven games. Um, But at some point, he will make mistakes. And it's a matter of this. Can the defense of Washington find a way to win games despite Fitzpatrick making mistakes? If they can do that, they're putting themselves in a very good position to win the NFC East. And honestly, when I look at the history or I look at the career of Ryan Fitzpatrick, this is probably the most talented team he's ever played on. Um, You look at the weapons that he has. One guy that I'm super excited about is their running back, Antonio Gibson, because I think this is that year where he's going to really break out. And what's funny is that the backup quarterback for the Washington football team, Kyle Allen, earlier today said that they plan on using Antonio Gibson as pretty much an all-down back. Like, they're going to involve him so much, they're actually planning on using him like Ron Rivera did with Christian McCaffrey. That's literally what they're going to try to do. So he's going to be a guy that's going to obviously run the football, but he's going to come out of the backfield, make a lot of plays as a receiver. All in all, it's just going to be a very good thing. So if you're a fantasy guy like myself, I would highly recommend taking a chance on selecting Antonio Gibson because I promise you he's going to be a major factor, a major factor for the offense of the Washington football team. So when you look at Washington, That's a team that honestly is probably going to win more games based off their defense than their offense, but their offense certainly upgraded themselves without a doubt. Then you look at the New York Giants. Mm. Let's call it like it is. I would say out of the three teams that I just mentioned, probably the New York Giants have the most pressure because of several reasons. Number one, David Gettleman, this is it. This is it. He has to win. He has to make the playoffs. You cannot once again go, well, you can't go seven and nine, uh, seven and ten. Um, eight and nine, you can't six, not, and, six and 11, six and 11. You can't, you can't do that. You just can't, you have to win more than seven games. You have to, and you have to make the playoffs. And also it's Daniel Jones's time. He has to step up Yep. because look first year made some mistakes, but showed promise last year. I'm just going to call it like it is. He was crap. He turned over the ball way too much, and he single-handedly lost at least three or four games for that Giants team. Single-handedly. Even the even the game that they lost to the Eagles in Philadelphia. I know people want to say it was Evan Ingram's fault. I understand that. But yeah. he also turned over the ball several times, and he tripped and fell while running with nobody around him. Only, only Daniel Jones could do that crap. I, st- I still don't know how the hell you managed But that, that Giants team in the second half of that season fought their defense, very similar to Washington, came out and did very well. Patrick Graham did a tremendous job. And adding to the defense by adding a guy like a Dory Jackson is phenomenal. It's mm. absolutely phenomenal. I don't agree with trading Isaiah Yadam, Yadam, excuse me, to Green Bay. Don't really understand what the reasoning behind that was and bringing in Josh Jackson, who... Quite frankly, other than maybe Desmond King was not very good with um, with Green Bay. But right. you know, if anybody can turn around a guy like that, it's probably Patrick Graham. Right. And then also 
not only Daniel Jones. Does anybody want to just point out that I think Saquon Barkley has a tremendous amount of pressure on him? A 100%. Do I think that's absolutely. Is that fair to say? I think it is because here's why. The Giants, I think, already picked up Saquon's fifth-year option. And yes, the Giants said that they, they do want to they do want to re-sign slash extend Saquon. Saquon has to go out and prove that he's still an elite running back. And do I think the Giants did a good job of fixing their offensive line? I would say yes and no, because number mm-hmm. one, they really didn't do anything in the draft. They really didn't do anything in free agency other than let go of um, um, Zeitler. And they obviously are bringing back uh, Nate Solder, but they're putting him on the right side, which actually I think is a better move in my opinion. Um, I like also the fact that they kept the majority of these guys because I think chemistry is such an important thing and we need to have consistency with the offensive line when it comes to who's actually playing uh, moving forward. But Saquon has a lot to prove. He has to help elevate himself, the offense, and particularly Daniel Jones. They have to. Then you got Kenny Galladay. Obviously, you brought him in, gave him a lot of money, top wide receiver in the free agent market. You still have Sterling Shepard, who is very, very good. You have Kadarius Toney, who could very, very well be the replacement for Sterling Shepard. And you have Evan Ingram. And Evan Ingram has a lot to prove. I went to the Giants open practice last week and I saw Evan Ingram drop a pass and the entire stadium booed him. The entire stadium. This is practice, by the way. And look, he has to come out and he has to catch literally everything he's thrown to him. No exceptions. And you do, you did bring in Kyle Rudolph, but you brought in Kyle Rudolph to be a short distance goal line like tight end. Um, Evan Ingram is really much the rep, you know, an all down tight end, and that's fine. And it's all about that. And Jason Garrett, he has to, has to open up the playbook. Yes, I'm talking about every play, you. every passing play needs to be at least 10 yards or more. There should not be, unless you're in the goal line situation, no, not a single passing play should be five yards or less because the West Coast offense is dead. It has been dead and it's not going to get any better. So that's Thank another you. thing. So with the Giants, the only person honestly and truly that has not a ton of pressure, but certainly some is Joe Judge because Joe Judge has proven he's the guy. Oh, he's yeah. proven that he's no BS individual. He is going to make sure this team is physically, mentally prepared for every single game. Yep. And he's going to come out and they're going to try to make a statement right away. And look, they're playing Denver week one at home. They should beat them. Denver's oh, not yeah. that good. They should beat them. So they need to make a statement right away. So that's mm-hmm. so that's the, the New York Giants. Then you go to the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Look, number one, Mike McCarthy, he has to prove that the game is not passing by. Because whatever the hell we saw last year showed that maybe the Jets, maybe possibly, I can't believe I'm saying this, maybe they made the right decision to not bring him in as a head coach. <laughs> yeah. Because Mike McCarthy yeah. looked lost last year. Losing Dak Prescott as early as you did sucked. And it was unfortunate that he got hurt. Okay. Um, that shows you also that you probably need to better your offensive line because the Cowboys for many years have had a great offensive line. Nowadays, it's not as good as you want, as you once thought. And look, you have some of the best weapons, not only in the NFC East, but in the national football, you have Ezekiel Elliott, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, um, forgot the name of the tight end, but he's pretty good. Uh, you have a good team offensively. Biggest question other than, well, there's two more. Number one, is this defense going to show up? 
Or are they going to continue oh to lose games the, for them? Their, their defense was That's, atrocious last year. Atrocious. That, their defense was their Achilles heel. Now, they got better as the season went on, but by that time, it was too little too late. And they right. ended up losing right. They ended up losing any chance they had to win a division in the final week of the season against the Giants. Yep. And, yeah, you could say all you want. Oh, they used Ben DiNucci. They used Andy Dalton. You know, and That's why they didn't win. Okay. Uh, but it is what it is. Then you come to Dak Prescott, who has the most pressure of anybody on the Dallas Cowboys for one reason and one reason only. On March 19th of this year, he signed a four-year, $160 million extension. He finally got the money that he wanted so badly. He wanted to be the first player in the NFL to be paid $40 million a year. $40 million a year. Yep. I'm going to say that one more time. $40 million a year. This man is coming off a major injury, one that you hope is not going to be something that's going to linger on for, for years. You're hoping that he could come back and at least be 75% of what he once was. And he has to come out and prove that he's worth that money and that this team is capable of not only winning a division, but making a run in the playoffs. This Cowboys team has a lot of pressure. They have pressure every year. But this is a big pressure-packed season for the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm really curious to see how their defense comes out. I'm not too worried about the offense because I think that they'll be okay. But the defensive side of the ball, that needs to improve if they want to have any shot of winning. And they're going to have a major test week one going down to Tampa and playing mm. the defending champions week one. They have, to, they have to make a statement. On a national stage, they got to make a statement. And being on hard knocks, they're getting a lot more attention and they're getting a lot more focus on them. There's a lot of pressure. So all in all, to recap this, it's not just one team for me. It's the entire NFC East, excluding the, the Philadelphia Eagles. That division needs to come out and prove that they're not a joke. They're not the NFC least. They're not trash or anything like that. I want to see competitive football. I want to see those three teams be competitive all year long and make themselves several of the toughest teams in the National Football League. Obviously, I prefer the Giants to be the most, the, the toughest of the three, but that's biased coming out of me. But that's the bottom line for me. The teams that have, well, if you want to ask me what is the team that has the most pressure, I would just simply say it's the entire NFC East except the, except the Eagles. <laughs> no, that's, that's, I, I if really the Eagles like... win more than four games, it'll be, it'll be a success. Oh yeah. No, that's with, without question. Look, that's, that's a tremendous answer. I, I like that a lot. And by the way, um, you're thinking of uh, Blake Jarwin as the Cowboys tight end. So no, I am not. Oh, okay. That wasn't it, who I was then, thinking. Then of. it was somebody else. All right. Well, we'll, we'll find that out for you uh, ASAP, but, but yeah, that, that, that whole division, except for the Eagles definitely does have a lot of pressure on them. Absolutely. No question about it. So that's the bottom line with us for teams. I have the green Bay Packers. Neil has the entire NFC. Dalton Schultz is the guy I was thinking of, by the way. I'm sorry, what was that? Dalton Schultz is Dalton Schultz is the guy I was thinking. Dalton of. Schultz. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a ton of pressure on the entire division in the NFC East, except the Eagles, no question about it. But now let's go to which player has the most pressure. And mm. Neil, I think you pretty much answered my question here as to which player has the most pressure because you know I've defended this man since he got drafted. And it's no question oh God. for me. Don't who's don't do this. Pressure. Don't don't put don't go down this road, Jimmy. Please don't. I know Too like bad. you're an apologist and it really irritates me. Don't don't go down this road again. 
The player with the most pressure for me is Daniel Jones. Oh Period. First because of all, it's biased, is... which we all understand. <laughs> well, look, in, in all honest to God's seriousness, though, this is it for him. This yep. is it. If he doesn't do anything this year, then he's Aaron Rodgers will be the quarterback of the Giants next year. <laughs> I would love that so much. I would. But, but if he doesn't do anything this year, he's out, and the man who drafted him is out. Because Neil has pointed this out numerous times, and I am wholeheartedly 100% in lockstep with him. David Gediman's entire, entire career is based on how Daniel Jones does. This is Jones's third year in the National Football League. All right? Now, look, does he have a turnover problem? Absolutely, 100%. There is no question about that. He has to improve there. But there are some good things you can point out with him. But the main thing he needs to fix is turning the football over, and learn how to take sacks. Take Ooh. sacks like a man instead of acting in fear when you're under pressure. Take sacks take like sacks. a man. Wait, what? Take sacks <laughs> like a man? What does that mean? As opposed to what? Uh, I mean, what, whatever. No, seriously, as opposed to what? No, I want to, no, I'm going to keep, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot. What, what do you mean by taking sacks? They all take sacks like a man. I don't know what you mean by that. <sighs> Just forget explain. For, for, no, just explain. For, no, no, no. For, explain. For, for, I want to understand. <laughs> understand what you mean. Are you Look, calling I, him a I can't, I can't explain. Are you calling Daniel Jones point. a wuss? Is that what you're is that what you just said? The basic yes. what you just said? Yes. Wow. That, is, that is what I'm trying to say. I, yes. Daniel Jones is not good. I, 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 I didn't, didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it, but you made me say it. That's the bottom line. I do think that. Wow. I mean, I don't think Daniel Jones is that good, but I don't think he's a wuss. Jeez. That's rough. But no, was listen, really in, in, in all in all seriousness, there are good things about Daniel Jones. Absolutely. But he does mm-hmm. have a turnover problem and there is a ton of pressure on him to do good because now he has help. He has help. He has Kenny Galladay. He still has Sterling Shepard. He still has Darius Slayton. He has Kyle Rudolph. He has Evan Engram if he can catch a damn football for crying out loud. But I digress there. The defense, I think, is going to be just fine. Getting Leonard Williams back, I feel, was huge for the Giants. Leonard Williams had a monster year for the Giants last year. So thank you to the New York Jets for that one. But I digress. But the bottom line here for me is simply this. Daniel Jones, this is it, man. I have defended you for your entire career so far. If yeah, you don't it's, do really, something it's here, really hurt to listen to as well the last couple of years. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> We all oh, we all knew man. he wasn't good the second he got drafted. <laughs> no, because who had a Duke comes out and is like really good? Nobody, nobody. And look, Neil, I will admit you have proven to be right. I will admit it. You have proven to be right about him. And look, I'm I'm I'm. Well, I mean, no, out. the jury's I've, I've still out. On occasion, I have. Well, no, the, well, hold on. The, the jury is here's the, the jury is still out on Daniel Jones only because this is it. Like he could take a major step like Josh Allen did last year and really become really become that franchise quarterback if they finish again with like a losing record they don't make the playoffs i I really don't see the point in keeping him because here's the thing there are so many things so many upgrades that the giants have made around him that at this point if he really still can't get it done you got to move on and that and that in either you go out and you draft a quarterback which i feel like considering the timeline of the giants it may not be the best idea, but I am throwing this out here theoretically. And we spoke about it a couple weeks ago. 
if Aaron Rodgers is there as a free agent, right? Take him. Take I mean, him. is it really that bad of an idea? I mean, no. you, you you give him a team that's certainly in a position that talent-wise, they're much better and they're just maybe one major impact player away from being it. I'm not trying to write off the season because I want Daniel Jones to succeed. To succeed. Right. I want to see this team win 10 plus games and make the playoffs and show progression. But so far in just two years, Daniel Jones has proven that he really is super inconsistent, struggles to turn over, struggles to not turn over the football. He makes boneheaded plays. He fumbles the ball way too much. And, and it has that, to that's change. That's the other thing I was going to bring up. Thank you. But listen, look, the bottom but the bottom line for me is simply this. Daniel Jones, once again, this is it. I've defended you for a while, but now I'm calling you out, man. I'm calling you out. What are you going to do now that you have all this help? If you do not get it done, I, I really want you to succeed. I really, really do, because I think you have the potential to. But you've got to fix the turnovers, especially interceptions and fumbles, and you got to make more accurate passes. Not that you don't have an arm, because you have one hell of an arm. But sometimes that can be uh, a bit too much of an arm, because you overthrow the ball yeah. a bit too much. A bit too much. A little bit. A little bit. So, look. Daniel Jones, this is it. If you don't do something this year, yep. you, David Gettleman, out, out. This is it for you. That's yep. the bottom line, bottom line with me. Daniel Jones, to me, is the player under the most pressure this season. Not bad. Um, I got a couple of guys. Okay. Because I, I don't think I don't think I can really pinpoint one guy and say they have the most pressure. I think there are a couple of guys that have the same amount of pressure for differing reasons. And, the and first by, guy, by, by the way, I, I don't mean to cut you off, Neil. I apologize. Maybe calling him a wuss was a bit strong. So I do apologize about that. No, it was. I'm calling you out for that. I mean, you, <laughs> no. you really just yeah. called him a wuss. Wuss was a you bit really strong. Did. That, that, that was a bit strong. Yeah. I, I, I do apologize about that. He, I, don't think any giant, I don't think any Giants fan would agree with you at all yeah, that no, Daniel Jones is no. a wuss. Because yeah, you have to look, remember, look, this. You, you can, Daniel you can. Jones tried to keep playing through pain yes. while no, playing no, against did. the Cardinals. He He's he not a wuss. Yes. That's what people said about Eli for some stupid reason. They said he was a wuss, yet he was hold, yet he was on pace to have the single most consecutive games played in NFL history. That, that yet is, they wanted to call yes. him a wuss. And maybe it has to do it because Daniel Jones is a quiet guy, very similar to Eli, and playing Great in New guy. York, he's obviously going to be scrutinized more than any other place. But no, I don't, I don't think Daniel Jones is a wuss. Yeah, no, is, he a good, no. is, he, is he a good quarterback? The jury is still out. And right, we, right. I mean, look, I've already, this is already my, I mean, I've already been settled on this, but the jury can still very well be out. If he can, I mean, he can prove himself. He can prove all of us wrong yeah. this year. No, but he could. He could. Would I say, would you take your chances on you being wrong about Daniel Jones? Probably not considering right. that he hasn't shown signs. He's got any better, but right. going back to my point, there are a couple of guys that stand out to me that I feel like are under the most pressure. The first one is somebody I had just mentioned before, and it's Dak Prescott. Because again, right. he's okay. coming off a major injury, which is always, you know, you're concerned about it. But he was demanding a considerable amount of money. The Cowboys finally, you know, uh, flinched and decided to give him that money. 
Now he has to go out and prove that he's worth it and that he's a winning quarterback because knowing how Jerry Jones operates, if he's still not getting results, he's going to make drastic changes. He will fire people. He will get rid of people because he doesn't have the greatest amount of time left on this planet Earth. He is pretty old. He just wants to win probably at least one more Super Bowl before he goes into the ground. That's basically what he wants to do. So if it's not getting if, if these guys are not getting it done, I wouldn't be surprised to see him make drastic moves. So Dak Prescott has to go out and prove he's still the same Dak Prescott, or at least 75% of it. He has to prove he's worth the $40 million a year. And he has to prove that he can lead this team to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. Yep. So Dak Prescott is one. Um, the next one is Josh Allen, actually. I know some people Ooh. might say that's a little strange. Why would I put pressure on a guy that balled out. Well, you just answered your own question. He balled out yep. last year. I mean, he put himself into an MVP. Because there's discussion. pressure on him to ball out again this year. Absolutely. The Bills went to the, the AFC championship game. Yep. They were one win away from going to the Super Bowl. Yep. The Buffalo Bills, ladies and gentlemen, who haven't been good in a long ass time, a long time. So now with the team pretty much intact and the expectations are much higher, of course, Josh Allen is going to, is going to be under a lot of pressure. He has to. He has to come out and he has to prove that he consistently be this good and that the Bills did make the right choice to select him other than somebody else. And he has to come out. I'm not saying he has to put up, you know, 5,000 yards and throw 50 touchdowns, but he has to look very good and they have to win football games. The division is is theirs for the taking. They have to. They're the best team in the AFC East. And the last time you could say that was back in the 90s. Yep. That was the last time you could really say that. They have to come out. You know, the Bills, obviously, as a whole, have a lot of pressure. But he has probably the most because he's the quarterback and he threw for nearly, you know, he ne- nearly threw for 40 touchdowns. It was very, very good. Very good. Has to. Has to continue to progress. He has to. The next thing next player or players that I wanted to point out was actually a group of players. And that is the offensive line of the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh my God. Yes. We saw what happened to Joe Burrow last year. This guy had a major injury in his rookie year. You can't have the same offensive line or even worse, God forbid with your franchise quarterback, because he's going to figuratively speaking. Oh, and, and by the way, by the way, he probably would have won Rookie of the Year had he not gotten hurt. He was that good, in my opinion. Uh, I think Justin Herbert was just better than everybody. I don't think well, it would have mattered, just, in my Justin, opinion. Justin Herbert was a stud, absolutely. He, I, he do question, out, but... I do question getting Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell in the draft. Yeah. I thought they would have gone offensive linemen to get the offensive line where it needed to be. Um, the hope is, is that the offensive line has improved, but I'm still not confident, but I could be wrong. But the offensive line of the Cincinnati Bengals has to be a lot better. They can't. I mean, look, obviously you can't prevent your quarterback for 17 weeks of getting sacked. It's just not possible. But if you can avoid it as much as possible and protect him as much as possible as he continues to heal, then you're giving yourself a good chance. So I think that he certainly, um, that that offensive line certainly needs to uh, improve and get a lot better. Now, the next guy is Lamar Jackson. Mm. This needs to stop. 
He needs to actually become a legit NFL quarterback. He can't be running around. You can't be doing these constant BS, you know, quarterback draw things because, yeah, it might win you some games in the regular season, but by the time you get to the postseason, teams will have figured you out. And once you show that you're much more one-dimensional than you actually can be, you are such an easy target. If Lamar Jackson is running 75% of the time and throwing only 25% of the time, they're not going to win a Super Bowl that way. It's been proven before. Michael Vick didn't win one. RG3 didn't win one. Did Johnny Menzel? Johnny Menzel didn't even win four regular season games. It just doesn't work because the NFL game is so much faster and teams are able to figure you out much quicker. Lamar Jackson has to not only make the playoffs again, they got to make some sort of a run. That might mean they have to get to the AFC championship game at least. They oh, might. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson has to prove that he is a legit NFL quarterback. He has to. Because after a while, if you're still not winning, and let's say you could make an argument that the offense is holding them back, do the Ravens really feel confident long-term that Lamar could do it? Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Who knows? But – Lamar Jackson is also under a lot of pressure. And one last guy that's under a lot of pressure, and he's under a lot of pressure off the field. That's Deshaun Watson. Oh, my God. Because here's the thing. We don't know what's going to happen with this. And considering the amount of people that have come out and spoken about Deshaun Watson and the things that he has reportedly done, which, again, we, we don't have. We don't have definitive proof. Otherwise, yeah, we, 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 don't know, we don't know if all this is true or not, so we can't definitively say. If this is true, we may never see Deshaun Watson play football again. Oh, yeah. It could be that bad. But if, it, but if he can play football, does he play it in Houston or does he get traded? I don't know. But he has, uh, he has to get all of this done. And if he does get to play – He's got to go out there and perform as much as the Texans are going to suck. And quite frankly, this is very true. They're going to suck. He still has to go out there and prove that he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league because some team is going to make a move to get him, whether that's somebody like the Philadelphia Eagles, um, maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers make a move if they really are just done with big Ben, but I don't think big Ben will ever retire considering that he just keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. Um, the Raiders, maybe if they're done with Derek Carr. The Giants, if Daniel Jones after this year really just doesn't prove it. Yeah. I mean, th- that's the way I got to look at it. So Deshaun Watson's under a lot of pressure as well. And it'll be interesting to see how things unfold. So those are some of the guys that uh, that are, you know, some of the handful of guys that I mentioned that are under the most pressure going into the season. Yeah, you, you're you definitely not wrong on, on all of them. I, I can't argue that. And look. I definitely agree with you with uh, with Deshaun Watson here because it, it's been one of the big stories this entire offseason. Again, we don't know if it's true. We don't know. There's no definitive proof. But if for some reason it is, he will not step on an NFL field ever again. And that really is a shame considering the fact that last year he balled out despite his team being terrible around him. He had a terrific year. So based on that and how great of a, a great quarterback he can be, I hope this isn't true. I really hope so, because if it is, we're going to have a ton of problems on our hands here. So you are not wrong oh, yeah. about the Sean Watson there. But that's the bottom line with our teams and players under 
the most pressure. And again, I'm sorry for calling Daniel Jones a wuss. That was strong. But that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Bottom Line Podcast. Let us know who you think is under the most pressure this year for the upcoming NFL season. Let us know on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bottom Line WMCX and on Twitter at the MVP Show and on Instagram at MVP QB 11. Don't forget to use the hashtag Bottom Line. The next few episodes are going to be NFL heavy because, again, the season is right around the corner and we will have a lot more to discuss, especially with the local teams right here in the Tri-State area with the Jets and the Giants because one team has a lot more expectations than the other. And I think you know where I'm going with this. For Newville Piano and for Mr. Taco, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the Bottom Line Podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. Peace and take care.